to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we're going to answer the question, how much of my life should be dedicated to God? So this is a question that many, many, many people ask, even without words. You say, well, preacher, how do they ask without words? By their actions. And um, how much of our life should be dedicated to God? Should um, should my what I eat be dedicated to God? Should where I go, the movies I watch, the music I listen to, the people I hang out with, um, what should be dedicated to God? Or should it just be Sundays or Sundays and Wednesdays if your church meets on Wednesdays? Um, what should be dedicated to God? What areas of my life should be dedicated to God? And we're going to answer that question biblically this morning and we're going to start out in the old testament in deuteronomy chapter 12 and god is talking to the nation of israel here um, through moses about when they come into the promised land and that they need to worship at the temple not wherever they choose and he says in deuteronomy 12 verses 7 and 8 there also you and your households shall eat before the Lord your God and rejoice in all your undertakings in which the Lord your God has blessed you. That's verse 7. He's saying, go to the temple, worship God there, have a great time, have a feast, you know, bring your food, um, enjoy your time with God. Verse 8, you shall not do at all what we are doing here today every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. This kills the biggest argument as to how much of my life should be dedicated to God. And that is, well, you might feel this way, but I might feel that way. You might think you're know, be convicted about this, but I'm not convicted about that. I'm convicted about something different. And he says, no, 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 no. That doesn't hold any water. You can't just do what is right in your own eyes. God has a standard. God has a will in this. It's not whatever's right in your eyes. It's what's right in God's eyes. So let's find out what is right in God's eyes. And when we think about what's right in God's eyes, who is the epitome of who we should ask about what's right in God's eyes, but the image, the very image of God in Jesus Christ. And so let's go to Matthew chapter 22. In fact, somebody asked him a very similar question here in Matthew 22. They asked him, what is the great commandment in the law? What is the way to serve God? How much should be dedicated to God? Verse 37, he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. We spend a lot of time when we think about this passage on the second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, and we tend to neglect the first commandment, which is the first and foremost, according to Jesus, commandment. And that is, love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. If we go to the same passage in Mark, it also adds with all your strength. And so what is he saying here? 
What is loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind? Well, you think about the heart is the center of the being, in, biblically, where your will is located. So you're loving him with all of your will. Everything you choose that you want to do. Everything you want to do. And with all your soul, that's your emotions. And with all your mind, that's your intellect. So your intellect, your emotion, and your will. Everything that you are. Love him with all that your being is. Well, if I'm loving God with all of my being, how much of me is going to be dedicated to him? All of my intellect, all of my emotions, and all of my will. The whole of everything that I do is going to be dedicated to God. And so as we continue, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. And down in verses 12 and following, this is going to give us some practical ways how we can do what Jesus was talking about. Loving the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our um, mind. Starting in verse 12, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. If you want to, to show the love of God, this is how you do it. And then he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ, the word of God, dwell, or richly dwell within you. And with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God, and here's the key. Here's the summary of that whole paragraph. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, whether you say something, whether you do something, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You say, wow, everything I do um, has to do these things. Okay, fine, I can have that attitude. I, I can do that. Um, I can be in the Word of God, but how much of it? And he gives us some more practical aspects that are a little bit more difficult for us to understand, or not to understand, but to accept in the next few verses. Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting to the, in the Lord. Now, wow, now we're getting into meddling and into our what we're doing in our in our everyday life. Oh, no. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Now he's hitting both hands on both the husband and the wife. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Kids, you do not escape. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. Slaves, in all things... 
Obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service, as, with, as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Here's the key again. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. See, the concept here is everything you do in every area of your life, whether it's your marriage, your family life, your work life. If you, when we read slaves there, you could think if you've got a boss, uh, you've got somebody that you're accountable to, that relationship can be put into that situation. And so he's saying, whatever your relationship is, this is to be done as if you're doing it for God. So what if I I decide, you know, eh, I don't want to I don't want to watch what God wants me to watch and I don't you know I just want to I just want to do my own thing. I don't necessarily want to follow God's things. I just kind of want to kind of want to float by. I I, I want to go to to church on Sunday and I I want to be saved from my sin. I want to be saved from hell, definitely. That that I need. Um need that fire insurance, but I don't really want to give my every day to him. What does that look like? Well, if we go to Revelation chapter 3, uh, Revelation 2 and 3, Jesus is talking to seven different churches that represent seven different mindsets of churches. And he comes to the last one, which is the church of Laodicea. And uh, in verses 14 and following, we're going to begin pick it up in verse 15. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold or neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Here he's talking to Christians who have decided in the church, I, I kind of want to ride the fence. I want to ride the fence between the world's things because they look really fun. They look really uh, good to do and, and I'll miss out on things and people will think I'm strange and odd. And, uh, but I, you know, I'm going to ride the fence between that and between God. I need the fire insurance. I need to get out of hell. Um, and, and I, and I kind of want to please God, but I more so want to please me. And he says, uh, that makes me want to throw up. I'm going to just spit you out because, ew, you're disgusting to me. It's like, it's like having something in my mouth that's not hot and it's not cold. It's not, it's not a hot drink. It's not a cold drink. It's just tepid. It's lukewarm. And you're like, ew, that's disgusting. And that's the idea here. Verse 17, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. You know, I've got, I've got the world by the tail as far as the world thinks. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked the way God thinks. You can have everything the way the world thinks. You can be popular. You can have um, lots of friends. You can have lots of money. You can have lots of anything and God says, you got it wrong. You got the world completely upside down. 
You just don't know what you should be looking for. You're really wretched and miserable and poor and blind, and you don't even have any clothes. I advise you, verse 18, to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. He's saying, you got to come to me. Come back to me. Stop, look, stop looking at the world for your, your viewpoint. Stop looking at the world for what's good and what's bad. Stop looking at other people. Other people who call themselves Christians can lead you down the wrong path. Don't look at them. Look at God. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. When he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, he's saying, hey, let me back in. Let me back into your life. Let me back into your church in this context. He's actually talking about the church of Laodicea. Let me back in the church. They'd kicked him out for the world's ideas. And so if you've kicked him out of your life for the world's ideas, he says, I'm knocking. I'm waiting. Just let me back in and I will have dinner with you. We say, okay, that's kind of weird. No, it's the, the idea that he's going to have a close relationship with you. He's going to build that relationship with you, spend time with you, and, and you, you're going to be closer in your relationship there. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, down in verse 15 and following. Therefore... Because of all the things that he just talked about, therefore, be careful how you walk. Now, he's not talking about putting one foot in front of the other. He's talking about how you do life. Be careful how you do life. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. So why is it that I should follow God with my everything? Because the days are evil, and you're going to fall into a trap and a snare if you just follow the world. The world is evil, and don't follow it. Be careful. Be wise, not foolish. So then, do not be foolish, verse 17, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So he's going to tell you, what does God want from you? And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ." Have God be on your everyday time. When you're walking down the road and a song pops in your head, have it be a song that's about God, that's going to draw you back to Him. Uh, when, you're, when you're thinking, have your thoughts 
the about God. When people look at you and they say, what are you doing? They get the idea, it's about God. Everything that you do. Let's, uh, let's, let's finish this off with 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 23. He says, All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. What in the world is Paul saying here? He's saying, yeah, we're not under law. But that doesn't mean that you just get to do anything and everything that you want. It means that not everything that you do in life is beneficial to you. Not everything that you do in life will build you up. That's the word edify means. It means to build up. Not everything that you do in life or can do in life will build you up. Let no one seek his own good but that of his neighbor. Again, the second half of, the, of what Jesus was talking about. Eat anything that is sold in the meat market without conscience, asking questions for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. If one of the unbelievers invites you, and you, he's talking about food here, where some people thought that if you sacrifice food to an idol, you were somehow doing something pagan as well and, and taking part in that ritual. And he says, no, 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 don't even ask about that. And now if somebody tells you about it because of their conscience, you should withhold. But just don't even worry about it. Verse 30, if I partake with thankfulness, why am I slandered concerning that for which I gave thanks? And here is the key in verse 31. Whether then you eat or drink, or whatever you do, whether you go to the movies, whether you go to Walmart, uh, whether you're surfing on the internet, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you put in your eyes, whatever you put in your ears, whatever you, any of your senses that you take in, do it all to the glory of God. Let me leave you with this one question. Jesus gave up all for you when he gave, went to the cross. He gave up everything. He says he left heaven and he, he, he emptied himself coming here for you. Shouldn't you give all for him? Thank you for tuning in for Freedom Fridays. We'll see you again next week. Mm -hmm.